Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Tittle Time. All right. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it started. As always, we're going to slap the bauxite, white claw, raspberry. Yeah, you know that P ain't silent. Fuck with your boy. All right. Mm. All right. Welcome, everybody, once again, and greetings from Ford Nation. Greetings from China, though. All right. Yeah, I said China, though. That's that's where we live now. We live in a, an authoritarian state uh, with the commander in chief, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> right. Pretty boy de jour, you know, calling snap elections and some type of shit. You know, but that's a whole other thing. I mean, yeah, are we do we live in China? No, it, I mean, it could be could be a lot worse but i mean you got a lot of similarities got a lot of similarities now uh because of course justin trudeau has just approved uh vaccine passports and apparently nobody is allowed to get on a plane a train or an automobile shouts to john candy shouts to steve martin not allowed to get on any form of you know reasonable transportation other than your own car uh without a vaccine uh, and that's that's where we're at, you know. And so th there there really are a lot of similarities at this point between China and Canada. Uh, for one thing, we're knocking at the door of uh, at this point having uh, social credit scores, you know, which is uh, something that I mean, yeah, for sure, I've always wanted, right? It's it's crucial <laughs> that we govern our uh, supposedly uh, democratic, free, liberal uh, society. Uh, by way of authoritarianism, it's something that has been a long time coming, and I guess the whole thing is is um, it's finally here. So let's it's this is a time to celebrate, people. This is a really this is a beautiful era uh, that we're living through. I should have known when there's two potentially three countries. There's probably a lot of countries that do this, but you you see certain through lines, and it's like yes, China has a social credit score. Uh, and that's been a big thing for a while. And that's something that we have yet to adopt until now. But, it, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And and there's other similarities as well between sort of our two nations, our two styles of government. And, I mean, any country that eats fried dough for breakfast, you know, and maybe you people don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe you're not cultured. Um but I mean, uh, you're 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 only one Google search away from from being cultured, really, because I did that and I discovered that. Yeah, sure. We eat donuts. Yeah. Like in America, they eat donuts in Canada. We eat donuts as well from different places, you know, whether it be Dunkin or Tim Hortons or God forbid, Krispy Kreme, which I fucking love, by the way, uh, much to my detriment. We we fried dough for breakfast, you know, in China, uh, they call it yu chow, yu chow, yu chow. And uh, here, obviously, we call it a donut, you know, and uh, it's a great way to start the day, apparently. I mean, just fry everything. I mean, it tastes better. It's more delicious. Down for the cause, you know. And uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Whether you're in, you know, Guangdong province or I don't know. That's the only one I know the province or in China, but... Whether it's Ontario or Guangdong province or whatever the fuck province. We're all eating fried dough. We all got social credit scores. We all got vaccine passports. Uh, we're all being uh, dictated to by our leaders. And it, it was a long time coming, man. I mean, we lied to ourselves for a long time about, you know, how free of a society that we lived in. And, and we had this concept of, uh, of exceptionalism, you know. And especially with Canadians, it's super ironic because... What sense of, of exceptionalism do we have? We're attached to, you know, the British Empire. And, um, you know, I mean, the U.S., at least at least they have whatever they have, which is, you know, a constitution that is scantily, barely uh, upheld uh, to its, you know, full value and its full importance. Uh, but in Canada, we don't have a fucking leg to stand on, man. We, we, we've got, uh, you know, things like... Uh, you know, human rights tribunals, which, of course, I'm pro-human rights, but, you know, of course, like, very... or 
And I mean, it is, it definitely is, uh, you know, you, you can look back at a lot of uh, science fiction authors, which, which I'm, I'm keen to, to discuss a little bit tonight because it really is, we're living through this. It's really quite interesting um, to me anyway, but um, nevertheless, shall we continue? Philip K. Dick, iconic science fiction author, okay, uh, wrote, you know, I'm not going to list them all off, but um, w- one of them had a fucked up name, like, uh, do, do androids dream of electric sheep? I think I nailed that. Uh, but that was, you know, that that was the, the, the inspiration or that was the, the adaptation that became Blade Runner, you know, the iconic uh, cinematic experience that we all know and love. Um, you know, there's like seven cuts of that movie, which is pretty wild. <laughs> it's like that invented the whole idea of like a director's cut of like, no, we didn't, we didn't give you, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the full breadth of, of the experience that the creator had intended. So let's go ahead and fucking, you know, re-release and remix and whatever. In a way, you could actually think about that as sort of the birth of uh, postmodernist uh, media in a way, or at least a, a cornerstone of it, it maybe a milestone of it in terms of its uh, propagation throughout the zeitgeist, you know. And uh, no, it definitely was a thing. So Philip K. Dick, very interesting guy, wrote a lot of, you know, science fiction, a lot of short stories. And um, yeah, one of them uh, actually did become a Amazon original series, which I watched a bit of, I didn't watch the whole thing, but but just a genius concept uh, called Man in the High Castle, right? Some of you may have seen this. Man in High Castle. It was it was really good, uh, very well done. The original, obviously, I don't read. Um, you know, I probably shouldn't disclose that on the podcast because, you know, at the risk of uh, nobody ever listening to me ever again. But I'm I'm not a you know I'm not a, a visual learner. I'm an auditory learner. So let's go ahead and learn auditorily. Well, God forbid you do that. But let's let's explore some topics further. You know, because here's the thing, Man in High Castle. For those that don't know. It's an alternate universe in which the Nazis in World War II, um, you know, the Axis powers actually win the war and they gain control of the known world. And so there's all these sort of repercussions from that. You know, the the, the story sort of picks up off in, um, I guess, 1940s, 1950s, uh, America, USA, in which... Uh, the 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 Axis powers sort of split the country in half. Uh, so the the Japanese have taken over most of the West Coast up to I guess the Rocky Mountains, in the East Coast, um, you know, and the the whole Eastern and the Midwest of the United States becomes under under Nazi regime. It's a very interesting idea. It's sort of a what if concept, right? And there's there's many of these that exist as well. And you know, you can imagine like we're living through Man in the High Castle, but in a form that I guess Philip K. Dick's dead. He probably is. Um, he, he probably never could have imagined the the world that we live in today. I, I'm sure he would have had a lot to say about it or at the very least a, a lot to to write about and, and to fictionalize about because we're this is Man in the High Castle. This is the China edition. You know what I mean? We're witnessing uh, the long tentacles of of China, and, and this is in no way meant to be anti-Asian. In fact, I love Asian culture more than I love white culture. In fact, I'm fucking tired of white culture, to be perfectly honest. But nevertheless, we have an authoritarian government in the form of China that is starting to have a strange impact on the rest of the world, and especially our country here, where we're seeing like a lot more similarities therein uh, than maybe previously we ever could have. And so that's what this is. We're living through this now. It's this hypothetical universe that unfortunately has become real where uh, Canada is China. We are just now part of China. You know, we're just existing uh, along the same through lines. And um, I don't like it. I'm not a big fan, you know, Uh, not because I don't like China, not because I don't like Chinese people, because I don't like authoritarianism. And um, I guess the, the funny or the ironic part of this is that we probably always were but we're just kind of uh, having to face facts a little bit more than perhaps we may more have previously ever wanted to. I mean, I don't think we ever wanted to, but that's where we're at. So um, strap yourselves in, people. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm. 
I don't even want to necessarily get into the the minutia of, you know, all the sort of elements and the politics and everything that's at play. But I think we're all, I think on some level, you can all relate to the idea that 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 it is happening. Um, you know, whether it's a conspiracy theory, which I'm not necessarily saying or signing off on, um, but we are witnessing a, a very interesting, very strange era of our own history as a nation, but also a very strange and interesting here at uh, history of, you know, the globe. We, we really are. And uh, like, just imagine a world where, um, you know, I mean, you could, you could play this a lot of different ways, but it would be really interesting if, you know, um, essentially, man, I can imagine like a really interesting, kind of sci-fi series like in the same vein as man in the high castle about you know sort of the 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 takeover of uh the ccp you know the chinese communist party of the entire world which is kind of taking place regardless but you know very specifically like in our own country it's happening i guess slowly but not really that slowly it's happening in the u.s whether they want to admit it or not um, we're halfway there, you know, there's a lot of, uh, ownership. Anyway, I, I, again, I don't want to, there's no reason for me to go super political. And I know I'm about 10 minutes in, uh, so you, you people probably don't want to hear any more of this. So in the interest of maintaining my listener base, um, not for the purpose of advertisement, because as you people know, I don't have none. <laughs> I am my own advertiser. I fund my own podcast. And by that, I mean, I use Anchor by Spotify on the internet. And uh, I use my own time, which apparently is not worth that much, right, uh, to discuss these things and to expound these ideas. So, uh, China, a great place to be, the Ford Nation, uh, you know, a few fresh short of a happy meal country. That's where we are. Uh, that's what we're doing. Um, we'll see what happens, man. I just uh, thought that might be a somewhat interesting observation for those of you that that may have, that that, that might be aware of that series or this author. And, uh, I really think genuinely there's definitely some through lines there. And if you, if you give it some thought, I really think it is quite interesting, but you know, I don't know what's necessarily funny about that, but I guess that's more a, a little bit, you know, you know, that's a little bit of tittle time trying to, you know, punch beyond its weight class, trying to, you know, talk some shit where I don't have the scruples, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> I'm going to press on, but yeah, you know, it's the whole thing about stay safe. How insidious is this bullshit about stay safe? I knew it from the first moment that I heard it, that stay safe uh, was a big fucking problem for me. Stay safe. That's not a greeting. That's not a farewell. Uh, Stop saying it. It's fucking horrible um, because like to me, it just relates to nothing else but the idea that in modern society, and especially recently, uh, we constantly and persistently exchange our personal freedoms, our liberties, our, you know, dare I say human rights in exchange for safety and security. That's what we do. You know, that's something that's been going on for a long time. I've already, uh, you know, uh, broken the meter on my fucking like political quota for the duration of this episode. So I'm not going to I'm going to go into that, but in all seriousness, stay safe. Do you ever want to hear that again? I never want to fucking hear that phrase ever again. I hear it every day. It's horrible. Stay safe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice to see you. Yeah. Stay safe. What the fuck, man? Just stop. Just stop saying it. Like, just, just act like normal people for five seconds. Like, I know, you know, everybody's on a steady diet of, you know, goddamn news media owned by the same for multinational corporations. It's almost like people have never read, you know, the works of the greatest humanitarian of the 21st century. And that's Noam Chomsky already wrote Manufacturing Consent. And it's almost like you people don't know about that shit. And you're just blatantly playing into one side or the other, um, you know, of whatever media, like it's just it, the, the, the propaganda is so blatant. And the way people play into it is like, it's almost like World War II didn't happen. Like people don't know about it. And it, it, it makes sense that, that why the way people devalue history at this point, because, oh, yeah, like just like everything else, history was written by, you know, straight white men and all this, you know, fucking, oh, just, oh, we need to, you know, it's just, fuck off, man. 
yeah, sure. A lot of it is bullshit and that's not untrue. But uh, if you're not careful, you're going to miss the fucking, you know, you're going to miss the mark. <laughs> I mean, it's probably too late for that already. But and again, with my averaging 10 listeners a month, um, you know, this is probably a campaign that is uh, not worthwhile. And so I should probably cease it. But nevertheless, I do this just for fun. You know, I do just just to talk shit to you people, uh, whoever whoever might listen. And, you know, the whole stay, stay safe thing, what it really reminds me of the most is uh, if you've ever seen Star Wars, uh, especially Episode 3, which I actually am a big fan of that particular episode, Episode 3, uh, Revenge of the Sith. You remember the, you know, the, 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 the sort of the climax, the denouement, if you will, of the film is Senator Palpatine or Lord Sidious, right? Oh, shit, I got a ding. What's going on? Senator Palpatine, Lord Sidious, talking about the... We will reorganize the Republic into the first galactic empire. Right? And that's what we're doing. We're reorganizing our free society into the first galactic empire. Although it's not a galactic empire, it's just a global empire. So either way, having a good fucking time. Um, right? Like Senator Palpatine is, uh, that's... That's where we're at now. Maybe Justin Trudeau is Senator Palpatine. I don't know. Probably not. No, I take that back. <laughs> He's one scandal away from, you know, having his head put on pike. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a whole thing, man. Fucking Senator Palpatine. But that's where we're at, though, you know? And anyway, people, that was breathtakingly unfunny for that first uh, that first section. But if you're still with me, there's more to come. We got lots to talk about, so we're gonna find the funny in this. We really will. If you haven't already, I mean, um, yeah, I do know for a fact that some people just like uh, hearing me talk shit and they find it funny, even if I don't. Oftentimes, I say things that are just fucking bum me out, but people think it's the funniest shit in the world. If that's you. Congratulations. Um, you know, you won. You found the right podcast uh, to listen to. If not, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to keep doing it. Um, I guess I should probably just keep sipping this white claw and just see, see where this thing goes, you know? So give me a moment. Mm. You know what? Because if you're going to watch the world burn, you know, you may as well wash it down with a raspberry framboise, framboise, Sparkling hard seltzer, boisson alcoolisé pétillante. Delicious. Très bon. Savez-vous naturel? Yeah, just this apparently a fucking it's a bilingual podcast now. Yeah, right. Fake French, motherfucker. But all right, people, if you're still with me, let's get into some next shit. All right. It was my birthday. It's been a while since the last pod. Um. But um, no, I, I, I thought that uh, I did have a little bit of uh, some fanfare with the last pod. Uh, so I, I thought I, I'd keep this thing going of this solo pod. Whether it be good or bad, I'm just throwing shit at the wall. Just trying to see what happens. Um, you know, trying to develop some, some shit, trying to talk about some shit. Part of it's cathartic. Part of it is honestly me just working out different ideas, you know, different trains of thought and, and just seeing where it goes. Some of it good, some of it bad. Uh, but that's the whole thing. I, I produce a podcast with, you know, almost no listeners, a podcast with no sponsors. Um, again, do it just doing it for fun in my basement apartment, right, with the door closed, with nobody here. Me by myself talking as if I'm talking to, you know, a group of 50 people. I'm just doing it to myself. I mean, <laughs> like, what kind of a crazy person uh, would do this? But nevertheless, here we are. Onward. So it was my birthday. I, it was my birthday. Uh, it seems like a long ways away. Uh, it was July 29th. Uh, so I was born in 1990. Uh, so that makes me 31 years old. And, you know, my 30th birthday was a fucking wash. Uh, it was shit, obviously, because uh, it, it occurred in uh, 2020. And my essentially my birthday party ended up just being my brother and my friend... Uh, well, Patrick Islam and my parents, man, and just eating expensive cheeses and, 
you know, cured meats and sipping various types of wine. I mean, it's actually not that bad, but it certainly wasn't any large scale event. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything you'd want to write home to mom about, you know what I mean? To tell her uh, what a crazy experience it was. Cause it wasn't that, but never, you know, nevertheless, we had a good time. But uh, so this year I really wanted to make up for it. And so this year um, I did a few things. Had uh, had dinner um, with had dinner with the family, and it was interesting. We went to a French restaurant, my dad's favorite restaurant. Or you know, from a family of a little bit of you know foodie people, and I'm not talking about crackheads for all you hood people. No, I know foodie was normally a term that uh, that was reserved for people that uh, do imbibe imbibes. Interesting way to put it, imbibe crack rock. You know, uh, sodium bicarbonate uh, blended with uh, cocaine. Uh, and that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm actually talking about is food, you know, like actual food, like eating, you know, uh, which during the weekend, sometimes I'm a bit of a stranger to, you know, I like to party. But I'm talking about real food. I'm talking about, you know, we went out on my birthday. We went out to have a meal uh, at a French restaurant. It was beautiful. We had oysters. I believe I had a dry aged, uh, what was it? A, a dry aged ribeye. I had it Chicago style, so charred on the outside, you know, medium rare on the inside. You know, there were some frites and a truffle aioli that came with it. It's funny that I remember this. This was actually a while ago. This is what it, this is how much I fucking love uh, food, evidently. And, you know, people had some interesting shit. I had, I splitted appetizers, uh, splitted, split appetizers with my mom. Uh, we had uh, like a beautiful artichoke dish with like a nice pesto. And I had uh, an arugula salad uh, with, there were some, some citrus segments. Like there was, uh, there was, I, th I believe, was it grapefruit or blood orange or clementines? I can't remember, but it was good. And um, we split that. It, it, I, I, because I was going to have the dry aged steak later on in the meal and have like a nice big full bodied like Bordeaux red, uh, I knew that I wanted to start off the meal light. And so I did that. I, you know, and we had, like I said, oysters uh, with like a nice mignonette. The mignonette was beautiful. Um, you know, a little horseradish, like not over, not over seasoning it by any means, but you know, a little citrus, little mignonette, little horseradish on that, just a tiny bit. And uh, it's delicious. And at the salad, the, the artichokes, you know, by the midpoint in the meal, uh, I was ready to dig into that dry aged steak. And uh, what I love about dry aged steak is it, it because of the the aging process and I guess the the microbes that are developing in the meat, it uh it can ha it can lend itself to like a sort of a cheesy flavor, like sans fromage, if you know what I'm saying, right? And so I, I very much enjoyed it. It's very complex, very rich flavor, uh, and it was good. My dad, uh, you know, purchased purchased a nice a nice red, nice red wine that went quite well. We finished it off with um, a cake. Um, that my mom picked up. It was it was like a cheesecake. I don't know where, I don't know where it was from, but it was honestly one of the best cheesecakes I've ever had. It was like lighter than like the normal sort of New York cheesecake, and it had sort of like straw like normally like a strawberry cheesecake would not be the top of my list on what I might like to have, but it it I had that and it was it was dynamite. Was it a strawberry or raspberry? Unimportant. And it was quite nice. Finished off the meal. Instead of dessert wine, actually, me and my dad had uh, Amaro's. So like Italian after dinner uh, spirits, liqueurs. Um, they didn't have Amaro Nonino. They only had, uh, you know, Amaro Montenegro, which is like not as much of my favorite. It's a little bit more spicy than I tend to enjoy. But uh, had that. It was nice. I also, at the beginning of the meal, you know, it was strange because I did have... Uh, a paper plane, which is my favorite cocktail, uh, especially one which to open a meal with. And I uh, had that, that was delicious. So as you can tell, it was a, a great experience. I had uh, fantastic food and I haven't even told you about the company yet. So the, the crazy part was I, I was with, uh, for the first time in almost like two years, I mean, shit, was with my grandmother and um, her husband, which I guess, what is that, a step-grandfather? I don't fucking know. He's, his name's John Burrell. He's an old school Toronto motherfucker. He's the guy that told me that uh, Spadina is not called Spadina. It's called Spadina. 
and he told me about a time when, you know, uh, Spadina, if you will, was all uh, Jewish, you know, tailors and business people. And uh, obviously now that's a, a much different story. Now that's essentially Chinatown. Um, but so we're talking about like Toronto in the 1930s, 40s, 50s. I really enjoy history generally. And talking to him about the history of Toronto, a guy that's lived in Toronto his entire life since uh, before Toronto was the epicenter of Canada, before it was the Metropolitan Centre. Uh, before that, it was Montreal. Montréal. La ville de Montréal. Um, that, was, that used to be the Metropolitan Centre of Canada before uh, this sort of leftist... Um, nationalistic uh, Bloc Québécois, Parti Bloc Québécois uh, took power or took prominence in the province and uh, instituted French language laws and actually pushed out a lot of uh, Anglophone businesses and banks. And they, they pulled out and they moved to Toronto. And the rest is history because, uh, you know, in our lifetimes, we only remember Toronto being sort of the, the most prominent city in Canada. So that's an, like even just that transition. And I, I find that very interesting myself. And yeah, I forgot where I was going with this, but um, yeah, really interesting is just sort of a historical reference point. Uh, I always love talking to him. He's a, he's a huge fan of jazz music and like jazz music when jazz music was jazz music. Like a lot of people don't realize that jazz music actually preceded uh, like rock and roll, obviously, and like blues and that. So there was like jazz and blues and it kind of fed into and led into what became eventually classic rock, right? And um, you, you do see the influence there if you're, if you're looking for them. And uh, I always found that uh, super interesting. It's always very, like, just imagine hanging out with a guy that's like pushing 90 years old. Like if you can't, you know, take something out of that experience you know, you should open your fucking eyes or open your ears or something because you're, you're not awake. Like <laughs> we need to connect ourselves to real shit. Uh, what a fucking concept. You know what I mean? Like there's real people out there. There's real shit out there that's going on outside of, you know, the news and whatever bullshit on social media people are stuffing into their fucking brains. You know, that's stopping them from being able to, to fucking think straight. Yeah. Take a break from it and talk to someone you know, talk to someone. Ideally, if you know anybody that's 90 and hasn't been killed by COVID yet, talk to them. <laughs> they probably have some interesting shit to say. And that's the, actually the interesting point is that uh, this guy didn't die of COVID. And uh, neither did my grandmother, thank God. God bless them both. Um, and um, yeah, the whole thing was, so it was me, my brother, my dad, my mom, at this French restaurant, but also with my grandmother. And, you know, I guess I'm just going to call him my grandfather. Uh, for that time and uh, it was beautiful honestly my dad was like almost in tears because it's just been like two two years since we've seen any of them it's just you know such a such a fucked up time to be alive but um, you know that's that's humanity man that's the way it works uh, none of it's fucking easy uh, but it's all real that's the whole thing until it's not real but yeah the crazy part was you know, um, that was the first time I'd seen them in like two years, but I had seen them. I had obviously visited them. I'm not a fucking, you know, I'm not a dickhead. I'm not a piece of shit. Um, but when I visited them, it was, I call it through the glass, visiting through the glass. I would go to their apartment, you know, routinely, uh, talk to them. They would open the window and talk to me through the glass. Like I, I just didn't want to even risk it because... Yeah, sure, I'm not personally worried about COVID at all, um, as you may have already gathered from this pod. But, um, you know, if there's anybody that's immunocompromised, it'd be my grandparents, especially uh, John Burrow, my grandfather. He's had already had stomach cancer, had half his stomach removed. And I'm just not about that action Jackson, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, just, I'm not trying to kill nobody off. So, And I don't know who I'm in contact with. I've been going to all types of fucked up shit, which uh, we will get to later as well. And, you know, when, when you're visiting your grandparents through, through the glass, as I like to say, it's like, uh, it's like being at the Toronto Zoo, you know, at like the primate exhibit, like you're, like you're waving and they're waving back and like you're talking and they're like kind of understanding and, and then they're waving and then it's like, oh yeah, is, you know, it's like fucking, it's like this damn Scarborough Zoo and shit, you know what I mean? 
there was that famous whole thing where in, in with Ford Nation with Rob Ford, he was very upset that uh, Toronto City Councilors got free zoo passes, which, um, you know, I'd probably like if it was me, I'd probably worry about the Gardner Expressway dropping a rock on somebody's Honda Civic. You know what I mean? Like that might be a greater concern. But nevertheless, this is why I love Doug Ford. He's fantastic. Right. Because I, I can't have. <laughs> I I can't have a Toronto city councilor who makes whatever $100,000 a year or whatever the fuck it is getting a free pass to the zoo, which nobody fucking goes to anyway, unless you have small children. But maybe um, make sure that like, um, you know, some nice person, some some taxpayer or whatever, like somebody just just driving through underneath the Gardner Expressway, you know, on the lakeshore in downtown Toronto doesn't have a mound of concrete, uh, right, the size of, like, a goddamn meteor, you know, falling on their fucking car, you know, on their on their goddamn Toyota Tercel, you know, and I mean, that's a that's an interesting way to fuck people up. And I'm going to get away from the specific car references, because, you know, I'm, I know it's wasted a lot on a lot of people. But uh, very, again, this is going to be a, a continuing theme uh, is I am a big Doug Ford fan, not because I'm a fan of, again, his politics, but uh, because I don't think there's a more interesting character in the history of Toronto politics by far. Um, and so coming to you from Toronto and Canada and Ontario, I feel got to represent. I've taken a look at my listeners and uh, there's not many of them. And uh, but there's like, you know, they break it down to percentages, like 4% from different countries, like from Germany, whatever. Apparently 26% of my listeners come from the U.S., and I'm assuming that these people only ever press play, listen to 18 seconds, and then turned it off. <laughs> so like just enough, just enough to record the fact that they listen, but then they're like, oh fuck, I gotta go listen to something more important. <laughs> but nevertheless, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to represent. And uh, also, this is more more than anything. This is gonna be a time capsule, you know, because uh, uh, the stand-up comedy scene in Toronto is righteously fucked. Um, as I probably mentioned before, uh, all of its worst aspects have gotten even worse and uh, it doesn't, you know, there's not a ton of places to get up or especially to do mics. And uh, it's left me a little bit disillusioned, but I'm almost okay with it because at least I have the opportunity to talk shit into this hot mic uh, once in a while when I do. Um, which, by the way, I'm going to close off this halfway point by just telling you guys that uh when you're if if and when you're listening to this this same week we will finally be having our first legit video episode and it will be going up on youtube and uh, our first guest will be cole gibbs so shout out to him cole gibbs uh the homie uh, just met recently a uh, a vlogger um you know a genuine cool guy works in the same union as me um on film production and uh, has a background in improv and some different shit. And anyway, he's going to be the first guest. But he's not only going to be the first guest, he's going to be sort of the, the pilot project for me to start launching video on this thing. Because uh, if there's two things I like, one is talking shit into a hot mic by myself in a room uh, <laughs> with the door closed. But also uh, interviewing people and having good conversations. So... Uh, this is the halfway point. I'm going to end it off there. I'm going to go uh, smoke a cigarette uh, before I come back and drink the rest of this White Claw and um, get through the second half of these topics with you people. So thanks for listening so far, and uh, let's fucking get it. It's tittle time, baby. Stay tuned. All right, back again. Uh, let's continue this on. Uh, so with the birthday, uh, it was pretty fucking awesome. I, I decided to make the most of it. Um. Yeah, I also, so aside from the dinner, which is quite nice, uh, we, I also went to the Toronto Island, which is also, it's a great experience to go there. I I have a, like a small charcoal barbecue. <laughs> that is like a, it's like a dollar store barbecue, but it's been, I've been putting it through its paces. And, and I brought it to the island uh they didn't want me to bring it on the boat of course because you're not allowed to bring barbecues to the island but i i shielded it under a coat which i don't know why you would need a, a coat uh, a jacket a manteau uh for you francophones i don't know why you would need to to bring that 
to the island, but I did. I, I My plan was basically to go to the island, set up a, a tent that I borrowed from a friend. It was like a cooking tent because it might, might have rained. And I set it up on the island, on the beach at Hanlon's Point on the Toronto Island and uh, set it up and just cooked, like brought a cooler with tons of food and, and meats, delicious foods. You know, I also had a crudité avec uh, trempette de hummus. Uh, so for you Anglophones there, that means uh, I brought veggies and dip as well just to make myself feel better <laughs> you know, instead of eating pounds of meat for no reason, which I do enjoy doing. My 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 body doesn't enjoy it, but I enjoy it. And and that's what we did. And we had, we had a really good time. And the Toronto Island like kind of feels like it, it, it gives the illusion that you're in cottage country, but of course you're not. But the breeze is there. You're on the beach. There's not a lot of, you know, you're, it's pretty cool because you're looking at the, the city of Toronto, the, the cityscape from, from the island. It looks quite beautiful. And, and I really had a good time. I saw uh, some, some old friends that I hadn't uh, seen in a while. One of my friends uh, built a, a tiny home in, in, in Niagara. Uh, so a little bit south of Toronto, pretty close to Buffalo, New York, USA. And he built a tiny home. So I don't know what that means. It means that he took it upon himself to basically build like a high-class trailer, you know, because that's what we all want. I'm a big Trailer Park Boys fan, and so we all can relate to the idea that we all want to live in a trailer park. If if you're a Trailer Park Boys fan and you don't want at least a slight dose of that experience, I just, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what you want. Uh, but he did it, and he, he he keeps always trying to tell me, you know, how high class and shit it is and how nice it is. But at the end of the day, if you're parking that shit at a trailer park, I hate to say it, you live in a trailer park, man. It's like a tiny home or not. That shit could be the damn a micro Ritz-Carlton, and, and you're, still, you're still there in a trailer park. Uh, so that's a bit of a problem with that. But at the same time, I like it. I appreciate it. And no, he he actually came up and he, he brought his boat. He told me he's bringing his boat. He's like, yeah, I'm going to pull up and park at the island in my boat. And uh, we're going to have our little our little barbecue, you know, for your birthday on the beach. And it was nice. It was actually a lot of fun. Uh, as much shit as I like to talk about it. Um, it was a great fucking experience. And then another thing I did is my dad, uh, who felt bad about how fucked up my 30th birthday was uh, because of COVID, nobody's fault, uh, also took me to a Blue Jays game. And I am a big Blue Jays fan. I'm definitely not going to talk much about the Blue Jays for many reasons, but some obvious. Uh, but we ended up in the, in the action seats, which I had never experienced. Uh, you're basically sitting along the first baseline and you're the front row when i say front row i don't mean front row i mean like you know i was a foot away from the mesh <laughs> you know and that separates you from from the action i mean it's probably it's kind of a good name in that sense and uh vladdy g you know vladimir guerrero jr was there and he was holding it down and it was actually a really good fucking game uh not like the blue jays of a very late uh, they did win, uh, and it was a it was a strong showing. It was just a great experience, honestly. Um, so I did enjoy that. Probably going to go to a Jays game this week to try to close out the summer. Um, it's a weird thing. I've actually like I I definitely am somebody that struggles from time to time with depression. I know that's not like a, an exciting or fun thing to talk about, but it's definitely relevant, and I think a lot of people experience it on some level and it's been shifting in a weird way for me where I don't, I don't fully understand why I've become so happy or contented in my life. Uh, but I've obviously given things a lot of thought and I've just sort of realized, I guess part of it's like the validation of chaos. And when I say the validation of chaos, it's that I, I just, I came to the realization some time ago that life is chaos. Human beings, uh, as much as we are uh, capable of high-minded thought and that we're sophisticated beings, 
we're also really not. We're just fucking dirty, dirty animals, you know, all of us. And it just comes with the territory of being human. There's so many elements that, that, you know, I could go on about this, but it just, being a human is chaos. Life is chaos. Living in society is chaos. None of it's, people want to put things in, in a lane. People want to put things in terms that make sense. They want to convince themselves of things, of truths, of non-truths, of, you know, right and wrong. It's all bullshit. Life is all just chaos. And to deny that is to, you know, pull the wool over your eyes, which you're more than welcome to do. I choose not to, right? And I mean, especially anybody from our generation knows like all the different things that have happened, you know, just since being born in the 90s. What have you witnessed? You've witnessed um, 9-11. You've witnessed us get, uh, I say us, well, because Canada was implicated in it, but being brought into senseless wars on terrorism again this is the whole exchanging you know the patriot act is the whole exchanging of, of freedoms and liberties for safety and security senator palpatine and that's where we're at and so i've reached this weird stage where like is it kind of validating because all this shit that some of it is conspiratorial some of it's conspiracy theories but some of it's just like just observation of real life as long as I've been alive. You know, I'm not a baby boomer. I was born in the 90s. I, 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 I watched, uh, you know, us get into the Iraq war where, uh, you know, apparently there was no valid reason to be involved in, in the invasion of another country on such a, you know, a thin grounds for, for, for such an incursion. And then we had the dismantling of capitalism and the modern economy in the form of uh, the 2008 financial crisis, uh, in which, you know, the conclusion of it was Obama and whoever else. And, you know, Obama, who was bought and sold by the banks, uh, you know, going in. Uh, giving giving these guys golden parachutes, you know, Goldman Sachs, all these guys, they get, they were able to retire with multi million dollar bonuses when they completely crashed and tanked the U.S. economy and subsequently the world economy. I, I witnessed that, and they were, and then all of us, you know, have had our futures crushed time and time again, and and have had to face facts that, that life's not fair and life was never fair, but the illusion was persistent. The illusion was real for a long time and now it's not so real. And you know, th those are only two examples. I mean, I could go on, but anyway, I, I feel like people more or less from our generation accept that life is chaos. And if you're not nihilistic at this point, I think you really, you know, excuse the the idiom, but you're wearing rose-colored glasses. You're wearing glasses with a with a rose tint, right? And I'm not talking about like the high-end Oakleys that have like the rose lenses that like amplify light like 70, 30, like percent. I'm not talking about that bullshit. I'm talking about this is real life and, we, and we're living in it. We're living through it. And what what all this has really led me towards and why, what, the, the question is, why am I so happy? Why am I so happy? I don't fucking know. Part of it is I don't fucking know. But lately I've been super happy, super contented. And it's because I think I've embodied a certain irreverent nihilism. I've, I've recaptured my nihilism that existed before I sort of had a mental breakdown, you know, in my mid-20s where I couldn't just come to terms with it. But now I've come to terms with it and I just realize every day above ground, every day that I'm not locked in a fucking gulag, you know, every day in China that I'm able to live some sort of lifestyle is a blessing. And if it all comes to an end tomorrow or next week or in a year or in three years, or if, you know, they never stop asking people to get vaccinated and get booster shots and to put shit into their bodies that they never signed off on, I guess I'm okay with it, man. Because what are you going to do? Like, 
uh, we're on the precipice of uh, hell. And if even for a brief moment, we're able to enjoy it, it's a beautiful thing. So whether that be going to a beach rave and doing GHB and MDMA and God knows what else, if you're, you know, future the rapper, you're probably doing Percocets and Molly and Xanax or, or Nav for God's sake, the hottest brown boy on the block. You're 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 doing shit. You're you're enjoying it. What the fuck, man? What what more do you want? Like, this is it. <laughs> like, and you know, I'm living downtown for the first time. I'm loving it. I'm I'm going to going to jay's games i'm going to you know cocaine parties at people's houses and then going out to bars and doing bottle service from time to time if i have the coin and just partying and having fun man because what else are you going to do what else are you going to do we are uh, moments away from complete destruction of uh, everything we know and love most of which we probably shouldn't know and love but who cares right <laughs> It's so I guess, yeah, this is the mood. This is the mood that I'm in and that I'm going to carry forward because it honestly, it makes me happy in a weird way because it's so validating. Like the validation of chaos is real and it leads to irreverent nihilism. And that's really the mood that I'm in. That's the mood that I'm striking and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm going to go to work tomorrow. Yeah, I don't fucking inject myself with fentanyl and sleep in a tent. I'm living some semblance of and up the the lifestyle of an upstanding individual, you know, a taxpayer. Uh, it's all fucked up, but uh, I admit it. And the biggest thing is, is people don't admit of their own hypocrisy. And if anything bothers me, it's just that. But the bother has left me because the people that are don't acknowledge their own hypocrites are the real hypocrites. Yes, I'm hypocritical, but we all are men. We're all fucking narcissists. We're all pieces of shit. Just admit it and move on and enjoy. Enjoy this shit, man. We're in the last gasping breaths of a dying, shitty, undeserving of, uh, you know, any goodness civilization. And that's what we are. Reverend nihilism. That's my, that, that's my case. I'm going to state it for you people. That's why I'm so happy. And it's very weird. It's counterintuitive why I am so happy about just thinking that the entire existence is chaos and everything is worthless and not worthwhile. And it's like, you would think that would make you want to kill yourself, but au contraire, <laughs> it just makes you want to have more fun. Because, you know, if, uh, if, 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 if we live in China, which we do, and we eat fried dough, and this is Man in the High Castle China edition, and we all need to stay safe, and we all need to consolidate our powers into the first galactic empire. And that's what we need to do, man. And it's all Gucci, man. It's all Versace. I heard one time that in in Houston, they call it Sachi. They call it, you know, we got to keep it Sachi. We got to, you know, meaning that we got to keep it Versace. We got to keep it good. Listen, <laughs> listen how crazy that is. There's, there's entire... Slangs evolving around, you know, <laughs> designer brands like, yeah, like I saw Justin Bieber in a Balenciaga ad, um, you know, that was uh, sent to my phone for some reason, despite the fact that everybody knows that I don't have money for that Balenciaga shit. But it looked good. The man looked good. And he's a little, you know, just like, listen, I'm a little fuck boy. Um, from, you know, wherever I'm from, he's a little fucking boy from Stratford, Ontario. He's a lot more successful than me, a lot more talented than me. But hey, we're both still here. The The fate will be the same one way or the other, you know. But yeah, that Balenciaga shit looked pretty fly. I'm not going to lie. He, he was wearing a nice outfit. It was like a like whoever styled that shit. Honestly impressed. And I'm like not a huge like supporter of, of that kind of, you know, ostentatiousness or that sort of conspicuous consumption, but nevertheless, the man looked good. Anyway, onward. And you know, the neighborhood's looking pretty good. It's a uh, queen in Ossington. It's pretty popping. Um, always at uh, Trinity Bellwoods, there's always some shit going on. Uh, young people having fun, uh, doing things, live music, 
whatever, partying, getting fucked up, having fun. I'm all for it, man. But like, there's also a weird element to the neighborhood, you know, Uh, like Queen Nossington's one thing. But if you go to like Parkdale, especially Parkdale is really funny to me because it like that's the that's the new frontier of whatever it is where it's like like Parkdale has all of it going on where like it's it's like the dirtiest scummiest part of Toronto combined with you know the most up and coming neighborhood in Toronto it's been going on for a long time like neighborhoods come up and get sold out for condos a lot in Toronto all the time but uh Parkdale is just always interesting you always drive through and there's just these certain parts these certain buildings that you see and like you'll see guys and like, I wonder, some of these like scumbags that, that live in Parkdale, and you, you definitely see them. Anybody that lives in Toronto and drives through these the, the area knows knows what it looks like, what it is. And some of these guys, some of these scummy dudes, you know, that live in, in Parkdale, the, like the gritty Parkdale people, you know? Like, I wonder, like, do they, if they have cell phones, which they probably do because most homeless people have cell phones at this point, you know, do they do they call their friends and say, hey, man, what do you want to do tonight? And they're like, hey, man, we're going to drink Lake or Ice and listen to Q107 and, you know, sit eight feet away from the curb, you know, on the fucking street out in front of our building. That's what we're going to do tonight. What do you mean? <laughs> Same shit we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. But they're not trying to take over the world. They're just trying to drink Lake or Ice and get fucked up beyond all recognition, Bar. And listen to Q107 and listen to the same fucking Neil Young songs and all that bullshit. And that's their life. And is my life that much better? No, it's not. I have all the, you know, the trappings of somebody that thinks their life better, but I don't. I spend too much money on haircuts. Uh, But I don't think I'm better than them. You know, that's the whole funny thing. But I did witness a, a very interesting thing this week or sorry it was actually a few weeks ago but there's there's been like since covid started and i think a lot of states in the u.s and a lot of cities have been experiencing the same thing with this whole defund the police movement which you know sounds awesome on paper but um apparently not because you know like lcbo prices are already extremely high and they're only going higher part of the reason is because police aren't prosecuting theft of the lcbo and the thieves know it now and so i was in an lcbo after work i just went to grab my booze or whatever on like a friday and I'm like, well, of course me, I'm a fucking, I'm crazy with the shit. But yeah, I was looking up on my phone, all this bullshit about, you know, which tequila should I buy? And I found out I should buy Olmeca Altos tequila because it's copper pot still. And they apparently use a, a tajon, which is the, the most ideal method for uh, producing craft tequila. And uh, it's very expensive. It's very labor intensive. But they're apparently doing this on a on a budget, a price point tequila, which I was uh, uh, was very pleasing to me just to just to hear that that, that was happening. And so that's why I have multiple bottles. So shout outs to the homies that uh, I know at least um, they're probably listening, but they have one of my bottles at their house. I have another bottle here, and uh, just bottles everywhere of the shit because it's only forty bones. And it's called Omeka Altos, and it's a great mixing tequila, but I even sip it solo dolo, kind of like this podcast, you know? And uh, it's good shit, man. It's got fairly good flavor and, and complexity for a tequila at this price point. But anyway, I was I was I was I was sort of shopping around. I was I was looking at this at in this LCBO, and I looked to my left, I just hear bottles clanking around, banging around. And uh sure enough, I look left, and it's this guy, he's got a like a big black bag, which didn't look ideal for packaging glass bottles of different types of booze and like for carrying out a store, like for sure some of them are going to break, but apparently that that was not an issue for him. And he's just, he's like, like he's like a foot away from me and I'm just trying to act oblivious to him. This is what happens when you live in like a big city. You just learn to fucking just put blinders on and just do what you got to do. Like who gives a fuck what's going on around you? It's not your problem. But I'm just hearing clink, 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 clink. And he's just throwing bottles of tequila and scotch and all this shit into his fucking bag. And people are watching him and, and I'm watching the LC. I look, I finally notice what he's doing and I look left and I look right. 
And there's the LCBO guys just filming them with their phones because apparently they're going to give this to the police after the fact because this happens every day, probably like five times a day in any one of Toronto's uh, fine LCBO locations, Liquor Control Boat of Ontario. And they're just, he's just, he's just throwing it in. Apparently he tried to steal like $700 worth of booze and ha- had like maybe, a you know, $200 just break in the bag. But just imagine somebody throwing glass bottles of booze into like a loose, like fabric bag, just smashing on the ground. Some of them are smashing in the bag, just like whatever he can haul out, however much glass and liquid he can fit into this bag, like Santa's sack, you know, he's just throwing it in and then he just runs out the store. And this is this is the lawless uh, place where we live now. And this is this is how I'm living, man. Can you imagine? You just throwing scotch and tequila into the fucking bag. Unbelievable. That's some next shit, man. It was funny to watch, if nothing else. Mm. Loving that raspberry. Damn, that shit's good. But I tell you what. Another thing I uh, experienced recently was um, comfort zone. So I was partying uh, one night. I'm not going to go into details on that, but I went a little bit deep. A little bit went a little bit deep into the murky waters, as uh, the homie Joe Diaz might say. And I ended up a comfort zone. So anybody from Toronto knows comfort zone. It was like the main after hours bar uh, for a long time. Like the main one, like if anybody sort of is from a sort of the party scene in Toronto, they know it. And I have bad memories of Comfort Zone, man, because like that place, the old location, and they did close down and reopen recently, but the old location was grungy, man. It was dingy. It smelled like different types of mold mixed with semen and like drug residue. It was fucking horrible, man. There was even a time I made the unfortunate mistake of rolling through the bathroom at about 5 a.m. I saw a man getting fisted in a stall with no door. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't need that in my life. I can't. I mean, I want to forget seeing that, but I can't. You know? Yeah, just like a a man uh, perched up on the toilet, uh, just getting railed with the with the fist, the hand, and the arm of another man. Just. You know, like piston style, like in and out, in and out, you know, like a boxer engine on a Porsche, you know, that's what this guy's asshole was. I didn't need to see that. I didn't want to see that. And that, that was just par for the course there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and just, again, the, the, the there's sort of weird cliques of different persuasions of people and it just felt grungy. It just felt scummy. It just felt dirty. And even when I was there and I was fucked up, I just like never fully enjoyed it. But I got to say, this this new one, they have a new location that's pretty close to me. Much more upscale. And when I say upscale, I just mean less bathroom fisting. Or maybe there is that, but nevertheless, the, the establishment seems much nicer. There's less smells. It smells a lot more fresh there. And I mean, give it about five years, and I don't know if that's the case. But for now, it was nice. And uh, I did go there. Um, I almost went there two nights in a row, but I did go there on a Friday. It was pretty cool. Um, the whole scene, the after hours scene, it's like, what do you think? You're cool? You know, because what? You do fucking crazy amounts of drugs and like you, you live your life between, you know, 2 a.m. and 10 a.m. Like what a weird fucking persuasion to be involved in. But it was all right and it was fun. And the new, the new location is pretty dope. It's on Queen Street. And um, I'm probably going to go back. As much as I'm talking shit about it, probably going to go back. But that's the whole thing. It's like, this reminds me of how, like, the Taliban, like, the Taliban took control of Afghanistan again, right? Which, <laughs> who the fuck saw that coming? Not me. Me, I did. Yeah, no, I did see that coming, guys. Manufacturing consent, Noam Chomsky, check it out. Yeah, no, I mean, man. So, and that's the whole thing. The the Taliban is onto something with Sharia law, you know? Sharia law, people think of it as a bad thing. Maybe Sam Harris doesn't like it so much. 
I think it's for the best, man. Because I'll tell you what, all these girls walking around downtown, you know, they're wearing very, very revealing clothing, which is fine. You know, but and then and then like no bras. Apparently, like girls don't wear bras anymore. They just wear shirts with the breasts uh, in the shirt and the breasts are in the shirt and then there's no bra. And so you see like you usually see like nipples, like the structure and the shape of the nipple and like the, the, the breast is like in its full form. It's like in its raw form. And like it sounds great or whatever, but then it's like 1043 a.m. And you've got a diamond cutter hard on and you're just trying to go to work, man. Like you got to go meet colleagues in five minutes. You're about to turn the corner and go to a cafe, you know, to have a meeting or whatever. If you are even doing that at this point before the next lockdown, you know, you're probably doing it on Zoom. But like, let's say you like, let's just say you want to do something with your day. Like it's no longer an option. Like the biggest problem was like Instagram thirst traps and shit, right? With these girls like poking it out, you know, as they say, poking it out on the gram, right? They're poking it out on the gram. That's one thing. That's on you, you know? If you got to launch an incognito browser and go ahead and just bang one off in the bathroom, I mean, that's what you got to do, but I am i wouldn't sign off on it. I mean, that's your problem is what I'm trying to say. But when it's 10.43 a.m. and you're just on a damn, you know, you're just rollerblading down the street or walking down the street or on a streetcar and you got to be inundated with this bullshit, you know, you may not need that. You may not want that. You may not want to, like, be so erect, you know, when the sun is at the high point in the sky. You may not want that. I don't want that, personally. So I think Sharia law is the way to go. We need to get women to wear more clothing, like a lot more clothing, um, head to toe. Like, if, if it's like a niqab or a hijab, any of the above, that's, that's, what, I, that's what we need, I think. So in Toronto, I, I'm probably going to campaign for like, not politi- I'm not going to campaign politically for it. But wh- what I want is for, again, women to wear a lot more clothing. Um, because it's, it's a big problem. And it's like, it's, it's really making the city unlivable for me uh, to see that women are, you know, they're, they can do whatever they want to do. I'm all for for freedom. I'm all for rights, and I'm all for you know. I'm a, I'm pro women, but also I'm like anti daytime erection. You know, I don't. I just don't need that. Like it's hard enough for me to go about my life without that kind of uh, grotesque stimulation. You know, grotesque. That's probably a horrible way to put that. But it's on me, I guess, ladies. Like it's definitely my fault. But also, can we stop being like anti men? You know, men are men. Like we got testosterone through flowing through our veins. It does things to us. And that's why we need Sharia law. You know, it's like, <laughs> and more than that, like, am I advocating that we throw gay people off the roofs? No, because even though I'm not gay, I'd probably still be thrown off the roof. I'm close enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. But, you know, all I'm trying to say is that the, the Taliban has some shit right. You know, ask uh, Taliban Glizzy, you know. <laughs> The rapper, Taliban Glizzy, he's pretty fly. And I mean, if if that guy doesn't know what's popping, I don't know. I don't know what is. And uh, it reminds me, speaking of Taliban and Sharia law and Islam generally, I remember when I was working at Enterprise, uh, (laughs) they had to, because all the the car preps at Enterprise, the people that clean the cars and shit, I'm friends with a lot of them and they would all be a lot of them are like Somalis and uh, just like a lot of them would be Muslim. And uh, during uh, what's it called? Ramadan, right? So they're they're all fasting quick, fast, like Ramadan. Yeah. (laughs) And so they would be doing a quick fast. And I I just always feel bad for these guys because it's like. Man, like it'd be like the hottest day of the summer in Toronto would be like a heat wave. Uh, you know, humid, hot heat, and these motherfuckers would be just uh, dying. <laughs> like they're like cleaning cars, and, and they're spraying water, and it's even more humid, and they're just fucking dying. And it's like it's one thing to not eat, but then they don't drink water either, so they all look like they're about to have heat stroke. I'm just like, please, for God's sake, drink some water, but they don't because they're religious, and God bless them. I support it. I support it, but. They, you know, they didn't look 
like they were having a great time, but I guess that's the point, you know, it's, uh, that's the idea, right? And it would be Ramadan and they, they, like for a month, I guess, like they only eat at night or whatever they do and they don't drink water and shit. And it, it was tough. It was tough. We all had to kind of get through it with them, which was sort of just one thing if it was just another thing. But I remember Enterprise put out uh, <laughs> a memo because like at, at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, you, you'd get like a staff meal or whatever. They, the company would buy you a meal once or twice a month. And uh, <laughs> a lot of the times the, the managers would send the car prep, the, the guy who cleans the cars to go pick up the food. And it would be middle of Ramadan, these guys not eating, not drinking any water all day. And you just send these guys to go pick up, you know, pork sandwiches from someplace. <laughs> And they would have it in, you know, they'd have to go pick it up and they'd drive back and they'd, they'd have to test their faith, you know. <laughs> he was having like nine pork sandwiches in the, in, the, in, the, in the passenger seat with them, with the windows up fully, blasting the AC, but they still can't filter the smell out of the pork sandwiches. They're just starving. And these poor guys, like, just... You know, I haven't drank water. I haven't had any food in 12, 18 hours. And they're just driving food back to these, you know, me and the other shitbag white managers that they work for just so they get a, a pork sandwich twice a month. And they're just having to smell the shit and they're just dying. So Enterprise put out a memo saying, like, please don't have uh, any uh, Muslim car preps pick your food up. Because it's just not fair. You know, these fucking guys are just drooling. Uh, probably just dying. Just trying to bring the shit back. <laughs> it's such a problem. Oh, man. But um, I think that's probably good for this week. Uh, I'm going to close the shit off now. So uh, if you've listened thus far, thank you very much. Uh, this has been Tittle Time once again. Uh, I always have fun with you people, and when I say you people, I mean myself, because it's just me uh, locked in a room with the door closed with a with a hot mic, as I mentioned, uh, doing it for fun, doing the damn thing. I'm going to do it time and time again. Uh, I doubled up on the solo podcast episodes, uh, so this was uh, the second one coming to you live. And uh, the next one, like I said, this week, uh, going to be Cole Gibbs, so shout out to him. Uh, we're going to go on onto YouTube, and we're going to try it, to make this shit go global, you know. So I look forward to it. I hope you, you people do as well. And so I'm just going to close it out say once again, thank you for listening. And uh, this has been Tittle Time. So take care. See you next time. God bless.